Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors Educational Podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Professor Andrew A. King from the Questrom School of Business at Boston University. Professor King is the co-author of a recent research paper entitled Corporate Sustainability, a Model Uncertainty Analysis. Thank you, Professor, for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me. Professor, let me start by asking you what motivated you to write a research paper on corporate sustainability and materiality, and what are the key findings of your research that investors might find interesting? Well, thank you, first of all, for asking that question, because the path was a bit of a winding one. Um, although it's true, I come to the topic of sustainability, you know, honestly, as they say, because I've been I've had a long history in this space, more than 40 years, and I helped found one of the main research organizations, and I published a number of articles. But as your question sort of implied, over the last 10 years, I've spent more time on problems of false and misleading science, and with a group of others have been trying to estimate the extent of the problem and try to fix it with coming up with new methods and approaches. And in fact, that leads us to today, because to demonstrate the effectiveness of one of those approaches, a colleague and I decided to return to something we'd done before, which is sustainable finance. And we replicated and extended a number of papers. Most of the time, or a lot of the time, we we reiterated or reconfirmed what the authors had originally uh, inferred. But we came to some sharply different interpretations of a very famous paper on materiality guidance from the Sustainable Accounting Standards Board. And that paper um, by Khan, Serafine, and Yoon estimates that investors, had they had SASB data back in the day, would have been able to form portfolios of stocks with three to six percent higher return per year. And you know that's an incredibly exciting result. And the result appears on thousands of websites. It's used in Senate testimony. It's rumored to be having influence in policy at the SEC. Uh, but my colleague, Luca and Brachici, and I, we replicate the original result, but we show that it's a statistical artifact. That is, it's a misleading result. It's caused by the way the data were processed, not the data itself, themselves. And uh, that caused a conflation with the industry sector of the firm. And when that conflation is corrected, the results disappear. So, Professor, as you acknowledge in your paper, many investors and other market participants in the U.S. and globally believe that the standards of the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board identify financially material issues and effectively managing those issues can positively impact the financial performance of a company. So so what is your message to those investors and other market participants? First of all, we we do not say that they do not. We simply are saying that the evidence, as as you know, the evidence that's there does not yet show it. And you can imagine that the the measures could be uh, meaningful, um, but perhaps are already known. There'd be lots of reasons you could get the uh, the evidence, the results that we get. But I think our main message to to your audience is about care and science, as well as about the specific result. And I think it's very important that everybody is more careful in the use of published empirical research. The paper that we replicated 
was explicitly called first evidence. And that was a single paper. And it's very easy in science, as Richard Feynman, the famous physicist, pointed out, to fool yourself. And one of his first, uh, his first principle is, you know, do not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. And it's very easy. I've, you know, done this kind of thing many times. So papers need to be taken with a grain of salt and they need to be replicated before they really get used. The second one is investors and managers really should put on their critical thinking caps when they approach the literature and the recent research. You know, the paper that we replicated talks about 3 to 6% higher returns per year. And recently, I spoke to a central person in sustainable finance, somebody who's been around for many years, and he said that anyone with experience should have known that the estimate was too high. So I think we have to bring our kind of priors and our common sense. And then, you know, with this specific paper, you know, we show that the SASB material guidance, when used with a particular data set, KLD, does not seem to provide value. This could be because the KLD data are inferior or because investors already had a pretty good handle on which measures were likely to be material. But as of now, the evidence is not there. Professor, a critic of your research paper suggests that the actions of global investors and other market participants who are devoting significant amounts of resources to sustainability investing confirms that your research either contains faulty data or measurement errors. What is your response to that criticism? First of all, our results don't show that sustainable investing is a bad idea. It's specific to this value of SASB data and materiality guidance in one particular area. Secondly, the notion that our results are driven by faulty data or measurement errors is misleading. We actually um, asked from the original authors, and they were generous to share them with us, their original data. We can show that if we simply add one more specification in their statistical model, something that controls for sector trends over time, their result goes away. That's not faulty data or measurement error. That's, I would say, a misspecification in the original paper. Um, finally, the notion that because a lot of people are doing something is it must be true, um, you know, that's sort of arguing that collective behavior demonstrates kind of collective rationality. And I don't think we can, I think we have some evidence on that. You know, I'm old enough to remember when everyone was sure that mortgage-backed securities and debt obligations were a great idea. You know, in the 2000s, I used to teach a case on no-doc loans and CDOs. And my students all told me that I shouldn't worry because lots of smart people were using them. You know, then in 2010, I taught the case again, and my students all told me that, of course, they were a bad idea, and were shocked that people hadn't seen the problems. My sense is that a good scientist follows the evidence and doesn't, isn't distracted by what's popular. That's what my collaborators and I are trying to do, and we're trying to develop and demonstrate tools that will make science more reliable. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank our special guest, Professor Andrew A. King from the Questions for School me. of Business at Boston University. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at jeff, J-E-F-F, at cii.org. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. 
The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.